0: So, hi everyone, welcome to the first ever podcast for the good, the bad, and the user. Uh, I'm Mark, I work at WebCredible as a UX analyst. Uh, I'm Stephen, I work at WebCredible as a user experience consultant.
1: And I am Daria, I also work at WebCredible as a user experience consultant.
0: And uh, we're recording on today of the presidential election, so we're going to have a little bit of fun with that a little bit later on today. But as I say, it's going to be our first podcast. We've got a few topics we're going to talk about. one of the things we're going to get to is about UT, uh, user testing, and our experiences of doing user testing. Uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit about wireframing, uh, something that we all do quite often. I'll be talking about from my experience of using wireframing, and uh, these two guys as well. Yeah, like I know from like, my time, we kind of always used balsamic because it was quick, almost, forgive the expression, a little bit dirtier and quick to sort of get a uh, thing out of this. What would you kind of recommend for that sort of... For the uninitiated if you want to get it done a little bit speedier, want to get it done quite quickly, is it you're the tool to do that? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean,
2: I, I think that the thing with wireframing is, like, what is at its heart a wireframe or a prototype? Um, Often it's like it's just easier to draw something than it is to explain it. And that's what, that's what opening up a graphics program or, or doing a quick mock-up or sketching something on a piece of paper allows you to do, is explore what this might look like. And some things are easier to draw and some things are easier to explain. And what I've found is usually whichever route you go down, you wish you'd gone down the other. So <laughs> if you start coding up a prototype, <laughs> you're like... It's all very great when you're using all the default elements, but then you start wanting to put a complicated control in, and you're like, this would be so easy in Axia. And then you start going to like JavaScript dependency hell, trying to get it to work as a, as a, as a code marker.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess it depends too on what you're most comfortable with and what the, the purpose is of the wireframe. You know, how is it going to be used? We've used sketching or making, you know, using post-its and using cardboard and paper, which has worked, which was really fast. And then, but obviously, and then you have some more flexibility with the interactivity because you can literally just, this one goes here, this one goes here. But it's not high, well, not that any wireframes really should be high fidelity, but, yeah, whatever you're most comfortable with. If you're the one that has to make the prototype ultimately, you need to, you know how much time you have and you know how fast you're going to be. So it's a little bit about what software is the best suited, but I think it's also about what gets the job done within the constraints and your your ability. Not every project is the right project to learn Xeron.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: You know, it, it, it sort of makes sense because I guess, like like you say, it's yeah, it comes down to how you're going to use it. So, as in my example, it's like that quick and dirty one. But then you've also got things like, I mean, how adaptable, like, is Xcode to things like mobile testing? I mean, kind of, you know, from what I get the sense when I've used it, it's not, you know, you have to build one, then another, then another, of you testing it across three different things. And I guess it's almost like you say with the workload thing. Is there a certain thing of? Like, if I do this, I'm essentially going to have to do everything three times, Mm. or...?
1: I think too, with the mobile, you need to know whether you're just doing the prototype in mobile, or if you're going to have to do mobile and full, or tablets, it's the switching back and forth that can get finicky. You can easily... there's There's a lot of room for human error with the little functionality, it's just a little button, basically.
2: Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Axure and it's clunky and it's it, it, you're still basically designing a screen multiple times, which is a bit of a nightmare. And I think tools like Figma, which has just come out recently, show a lot of potential because they're not only bringing together. So what's really nice about Axure is you're prototyping and designing in the same program. You're doing the layout, but you're also setting up pages and basic interactivity without having to switch between tools which is where Sketch is sort of lacking. But neither of them really approaches the actual way that you would describe a user interface in code as being something rules and constraints-based by saying this is a header, it's full width up to this point, or it sticks to this side, or it sticks to that side,
0: Mm.
2: which is actually how I'd like to design user interface.
0: Is that how you prefer to do it?
2: Yeah, rather than just drawing a box and then... Drawing the same box but slightly narrower, <coughs> and then drawing the same box but even more narrow. Blimey! Which slightly is,
1: different shade of grey.
2: Yeah, which is which is responsive design It's just like just squishing stuff and drawing the canvas multiple times. A lot of the time, it's it would be much easier if you could say this is a component. It's a header, and I want it to behave in this way. Mm. You know, in, under these conditions.
0: Yeah. What about things like, um, like there's that big big push now to kind of, because obviously everyone's right about responsive design, there's the big push into sort of HTML prototyping, I mean, do you still think there needs to be an Azure before you get there, or is there a, I mean, do you, would you just, uh, is it worth me just going, right, here's a sketch, whacking it over to the developer and going, yeah, go on, have a go? Build what you like. Um, how does it go down to mobile? I don't know. Let's just let the screen dictate that. Once you start reducing its sizes, <laughs> <laughs> which I can imagine a few people probably do after a while. Like well, I know there's, that
1: there's the saying: "You give a developer a pixel, and he'll take 10. So, I've never heard that. The you know, whole pixel perfect design. You want to you want to specify everything because if there's a slight discrepancy, it will get blown out of proportion in code. But I think. I think you just... Again, it comes down to what your budget is and what your time is. Um, I know that we've worked in the past where we've gone straight into development and we've had the designer sit beside the developer. And in that way, um, I think it's great because you can start to see, as far as interaction design goes, things that you can't really foresee or try and design down to the details within a prototype you can start to see those things come to life uh, in HTML but it's also a big undertaking you you have to hire a developer or if you have in-house then whether they're free or not and again how much time do you have to turn it around and if you need a quick and dirty thing just testing a proposition then you don't need to have a full-blown interactive prototype
2: yeah, and I think what it comes down to is some things are easier to write and some things are easier to draw. Yeah. And code is basically just a form of highly structured writing things. Yeah. You know, a bunch of instructions from a computer. And some things it's much easier to do that. And that, that it'll be easier to make your prototype like that. So if you're prototyping a service and there's lots of like data going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and you basically want to scaffold that, it might be easier to do that with a framework and a developer. Than it than it would with, you know, an a prototype. But if you're focusing on the interactivity or the layout of something, mm-hmm. it's much easier to just draw it than to get someone to write the code. Mm-hmm. If all the code's layout,
0: then just draw the thing. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I mean, sort of. Do, how quickly do you think you should get things up in front of users using things like Exure and stuff? Because I mean, like, I know from I say like conversion optimization, it's not really so live or die by it if that makes sense like I can just do a load of them because it's like you know what someone's going to like one someone's going to like another but I guess it's like when you're getting through to the final kind of stages that's sort of A-B testing But sort of how quickly do you think you should get them in front of users as quickly as possible that's it as quickly as possible (laughs) (laughs) I
2: guess it depends why you're building the prototype the prototype's like a test to see what's going to happen it's a test to see it's you know, you're exploring what your constraints might be. You're exploring where this idea that you've got in your head might break when it's realised. And the biggest area where your idea is going to break when it's realised is when people actually use it. So, Yeah.
1: yeah. There's different levels... Yeah, there's different things that you're testing. Um, Whether it's proposition, which is just, is there an appetite for something like this at all? And that's going to be very vague and very... You know, you might not even have a prototype or a wireframe necessarily. You might just have prompts or examples of where it could be lacking. But then you could be testing content or you could be testing interaction or you could just be trying to get the usability the 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 the, the little issues that, you know, on a fine tuned, almost finished product. So I feel like it's very uh UXer to say, you know, if you had all the budget in the world, you would test at every stage. Mm. But that's that's the perfect world, isn't it?
2: Yeah, prototyping is like MVP. It's like well, it's like any work really. It's like as little as much as you need. and As little as you can get away with. Yeah,
0: and it's the same with user testing. Everything's got a budget. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we don't know about you that one yet. It's 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 like yeah. I guess like, like I say, it's it's sort of weird because. I guess, like, I mean, how do, how do they kind of normally go down with clients? Like, because I, I know like if, if it's internally kind of and you show people the wireframe, there's always that, okay, yeah, I get why we're doing something like that. But I guess, like, you know, I used to go along to some clients and go, well, why didn't you just build it? And you're like, well, oh, because we want to test it. I guess, like, even, like, yeah, yeah. what experience have you guys had trying to sort of just get this past clients almost? Because, like, you know, I mean, I, like I say, like, a lot of the time where I've worked commercial optimization being the big thing I've I've, I've done is like they kind of wireframing was a known entity. It was like, yeah, I I get why you're doing that. But at the same time, can imagine like a lot of the people we work with, are just kind of like, that's that's lovely and all, but you know, sort of like, like how do you find like the actual sort of wireframing tends to go with, because like from what I can see from sort of sketch and from these other ones is they tend to be a bit more visual, which I guess is, perhaps maybe what people respond to a little better, mm. and perhaps maybe, I mean, like, I, I mean I've mean i seen some of your wireframes, but they, they look, I guess I'm, they don't look like websites, whereas I've seen some sketch ones, and you think, have you actually built that, that looks a bit way, well, and it's sort of that weird thing of, you know, how does it kind of go down with clients, I guess, wireframing as a process? <laughs> Um, you, you have to,
2: if you just draw like a bunch of grey boxes, you have to be clear what you're what you're doing, what you're explaining. Uh, and I think if you can put it in front, if you're confident putting it in front of a user, it should be it should be acceptable to a client as well. Um, I, I'd certainly always suggest. Oh, sorry, that's just my wife. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> I'd certainly always suggest, like, doing a mix of fidelity, like, doing a little bit of colouring in or putting a few real photos in, I don't think does any harm. I think all the grayscale thing is, like, so much graphic design is about hierarchy and layout and padding and typography. Mm. And to boil it down to just, like, a colour and brand and then you just put those on the end, I don't think it really works like that. I think you can, you'll get some people who Put out some really nice looking grayscale wireframes, and people are like, "That's really amazing! I really like what you've done to taking all the colour out." And you get other people who will make some pretty high fidelity ones that you know still look rubbish. It, it, I don't think that always necessarily comes down to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, you know the the purpose of the wireframe is to get the point across, and to do it's all about hierarchy. So it's not about No color for the sake of no color versus color for the sake of let's add some color. If it's going to get a point across or help communicate something, then that's ultimately the goal. As far as clients being on board, I think as far as agency life goes, I've never really had a problem with it. But when I worked freelance, I had a much smaller uh, situation going on. So I was dealing with a lot more uh, smaller budgets, kind of mom and pop shops or, you know, Uh, just not, I wasn't dealing with big corporations. And I had some pretty funny, there's some funny interactions with clients then, because they just don't know the process. They're not used to working with designers. Uh, They're not used to going through the process of making something functional and testing it. And they're kind of always expecting, you know, this magic Box that happens. So you tell them, you tell the designer what you want, and then the designer goes and does this magical creative thing, and then comes back with this finished pr- finished product. And when you come and you show them something that's like really rough, and you're like, no, don't don't think about what it looks like. Think about how it works. Um, it just made for some really funny funny situations. But I mean, they all got it in the end, right? Because yeah. it's part of the process. But you know, I think they're expecting something
2: designed, quote unquote. And yeah, I've had the same experience. And it's how you position them. If you say like, okay, well we thought about the search engine and we've done all this work, you know, we've had these conversations about the facets and how that's gonna work. I'd just like to send you over some you know, we, we did some mock ups of how we think the I don't know, the the search filtering will work. Have a look at that they're going to be looking at this primes to understand the search filtering. Whereas if you just say, like, you know, we're at stage two of the design process, here's the wireframes, just give them a bunch of wireframes, and it's a bunch of, like, rubbish designs <laughs> of a website, <laughs> without any kind of framing of yeah. like why it is that you're working at this fidelity and what it is you're trying to work out at this point, then, yeah, they might think.
1: Yeah, you have, have to give context to your clients, because they don't know the process that's why they've come to you so half of maybe even less than half of the job is doing the actual design work and the other half is is taking your clients through the process and being able to communicate with them and set up their expectations and allow them to understand teach them how to give feedback a lot of the times you you know sending an email off saying here's blah 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 can you give me some feedback and then you turn around and complain when they've come back with this list of Specific design changes and ideas they've had. Well, can you blame them? You didn't tell them what would be helpful. You have to, you know, you have to set them up for that. So, yeah, it's all about controlling their
0: expectations. So, I mean, how vital do you think it would be to get like? So, I know that like uh, when we worked with um, sort of one of the companies, it was really important we were using the actual real content in the wireframe, and I think part of that came because. I, when we sort of put it into user testing, there was this whole thing of if it's not the right content, eventually someone's going to turn around and go, "Yeah, well, they they didn't like it because it wasn't the real content." Or, "Well, I can't take that as an example because once we actually put, like, you know, we sell missiles into our website, people might not be so keen to know about our kind of sort of company." So, how, how sort of, I mean, how quickly do you think even like, yeah, how important I suppose is it to actually work with real content, like that actually comes from it. Well, I think, yeah, as much as possible, you always do. The,
2: the, the, job, the problem is you'll often get into rewriting all the content on a website. Hmm. Um, you have to set your boundaries for what it is that you're modelling. So a, a, a prototype's often a model of something, and you're testing a hypothesis, and you need to, set, you need to control the, 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 the test and say, these, these are the things we're testing, these are the things that are out of scope for this test. Uh, and if you don't do that, you, you can't you can't effectively test anything. But it depends on the website, it depends on the problem that you're trying to solve.
1: Yeah, you need to you need enough content well as far as testing, you need enough content to get the ideas across that you're testing to be able to get the valid feedback. But you don't want so much content that people just get bogged down in reading the content because obviously you know, whether it's guerrilla testing and you have 5, 10, 15 minutes with someone or if you're doing lab sessions where you still only have an hour plus and minus, minus the beginning intro, the end, last questions you might want to get three tasks in there, you don't have time to be reading a long page of, of content. But ultimately, you should, as designers, we should be we're designing to deliver content. Content is what it is that we need to deliver, therefore you want to get the real content in there as fast as possible. As an aside, I had a funny UT session where I'd filled in some of the repeating modules with Laura Mipsum. So I'd done some fake copy for the top to give the idea, and then I filled it in with Laura Mipsum. And there was one gent who came in who was who took everything so literally that he and he scrolled all the way down to the bottom of the wireframe. He got down to the to the Lorem Ibsen and he was trying to read it and he was like, Oh, that's that's Latin. I haven't taken Latin since grade school and, and I was like, No, no, it's fine, it's just placeholder He didn't get it. He didn't even understand the concept of placeholder and literally spent three or four minutes trying to decipher the Latin. What it was
0: what does that actually mean? Like, we put it in like nearly everything. Where like it's from Cicero, I wouldn't, we
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't say we put it in nearly everything. I'd All right, well, yeah, why we don't? But, but uh, I, th- I think you can use placeholder text. It's uh, Some content has like more of an obvious form to it, and therefore it's easier to dummy text it. So if you're looking, if you're talking about like albums in rock music in the context of a music app, it's easier to just make up a bunch of song names and a, a made-up artist. And sometimes it might be distracting if somebody goes, oh, well, I don't like Megadeth, so I don't really like this in- interface. Mm. But the form of it, you, the, all the information ar- hierarchy and architecture of the album, it's already well-defined, it's, it's a scheme they understand already. Whereas if you're doing a landing page that's like content-led and trying to explain a proposition to someone, it's impossible to put dummy text into mm. that, it makes no sense. Mm. you just... That's what you're designing. You're designing the content, or if you're doing like a poll tracker for Clinton versus Trump, you know, if, if you start unless you put in unless you stress test it with that sort of content that's going to break,
0: you, you'll go for the ideal world, the ideal string length. How do you think like users react to seeing like a uh, like? Have you ever had any complications like uh, like when you show it to a user who like just looks at it and goes, oh, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, as in, like, a wireframe mm-hmm. itself. Obviously, they, they kind of, they, I mean, they must be like, I know from my time of doing UT, you obviously are quite upfront and say, look, this is not what it's going to look like. We're going to put things in here, but it's just about where you might go and how you might use this particular thing. Which like, you ever get like users who <laughs> literally just look at it and go, like, know, oh, sorry, I don't, you know, no, I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, not for me. I don't know what that is. Or, or the other one, which is they go, that's a terrible design. I thought websites were supposed to have, like, color in it these days. And <laughs> you look at it and go, yeah, it, w- it will, but just imagine that's all there for now. Or I mean, how do you kind of... I guess even how do you even go about the concept of explaining that because like, users probably aren't aware of them until you sit them down for that UT. I mean, I hadn't heard of them until I started here. Um, you know, we credible, but equally like, how do you even deal with that when a user first sees one?
1: I think, I mean, you get a whole range of people coming into UT and again, it comes down to setting up their expectations. So we always do a spiel to explain how it's going to work and the fact that they're looking at a prototype and it's not a finished thing. But even when you say that, if they're not used to seeing prototypes, there's usually at some point of the session a comment about, well, the text is too small or it's, really, it's very white. You know, there's no... It's, it, it would be nice if it was more colourful with some more images. And, you know, you just kind of have to say, yes, well, you know, thank you, it's a prototype. Ignoring that, moving on. Um, but I think, you know, some people, well, everybody reads or digests information differently. And it's funny how users who come in, participants, all assume that you digest the information the same way they do, which is partly why, as a as you run a session, you have to basically play dumb and get them probe them to explain why the emptieth time to really dissect where their where their comment or thought process is coming from. Uh, but you know it's it's that fine line of choosing the content so that they can try and. Uh, give you feedback on what it is you're trying to get from it and sometimes they do get lost in the actual content rather than, you know, I don't like this because I'm not a fan of what the content is rather than, is this page working and is it communicating what it should be? So, I, sh- I don't know what the answer is. It's You get it, you get
2: everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of that chimes from my experience. You it, sometimes you have to explain it a bit more and get past the artifice, I mean the whole thing in you uh, the whole situation in it is just weird, like they're sat in this room, you're sat next to them, there's people listening, like and then you're like, I'm gonna show you some early concepts for a website um and I just want to get your feedback on them it's I know just the setup's just sort of weird, so you have to do a lot of smoothing people through that anyway uh and I feel like
0: yeah getting across the concept of a wireframe or a prototype is. It's just part of that.
1: Mm.
0: So, um, well, sort of wrapping up uh, the discussion a little bit, and then we'll move on to something else. Uh, what do you suppose the likes of Sketch and Marvel have to do to kind of catch up with Your
1: Definitely the interaction stuff. I think you make a great point, though, too, about thinking how, uh, thinking in the mindset of how HTML works, where you've got an element and it's going to reshape itself based on parameters and breaking points. And rather than, as we currently have to, create multiple versions of the same thing, like a header or a footer or a sidebar or whatever, being able to give it parameters so that the heavy lifting is on the onus of the, of the software as opposed to whoever the poor sod is having to do umpteen million different versions.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the the interactivity... I mean, I actually would like InDesign um, to be someone to go back and have a look at InDesign and then say, this is how you should make websites. So I was amazed that Adobe decided to try and do, use Photoshop, abandon Photoshop, decided that, meanwhile, everyone was using Illustrator, and then decided they needed a new tool when they've already got a tool that does layout. I and mean, not so much of website, it's just layout. Mm-hmm. Or, or even an app, so much of what you're doing is layout and, and setting up you know setting up your typography and setting up styles, setting up global components that you're going to use on multiple pages, but setting up instances of them so that they can deviate from their norm, um, dealing with like lots of objects that exist outside of the site and are referenced and then will be updated externally and updating all those things. Indesign can do all of these things mm-hmm. already, um, and you're building like a big structured. You know, lots of content arranged into concepts of pages or screens or flows, and again, InDesign can do all of those things. Um, I I just want like a layout tool that lets me do that, and then I can use that to design presentations, I can design websites,
0: I can design apps. Was not that what Muse was supposed to be? Is that I've not really used. I know, like, really. like we only we we used it like uh, so we go away on this uh, annual weekend away. Have you, been on? you been on Yeah, you mm-hmm. have been on one, yeah. So we go away on this thing, and then like a couple of years ago, we were asked to do, uh, me and a colleague, a Scott, sort of, we were asked to sort of do a, oh, let's have a trial of all of them. So someone took HTML, um, someone did like an app, and we, we got Muse as the kind of thing we wanted to experiment with. At the time, it was a couple of years ago, I haven't, we haven't looked at it, since, but it, like you could bring Photoshop and Illustrator files into it, and it, they became websites.
1: So was it just a progression of, what was it called, Fireworks? Because Adobe years ago had a program that was a merge between Photoshop and Illustrator, and it was meant specifically for wireframing, and it was crap. <laughs> it just, yeah. didn't, I mean, I never. Knew. It
2: was originally really good. So Fireworks was by Macromedia, the people who came up with Flash.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. Adobe
2: didn't come yeah. up with either Fireworks or Flash. Adobe came up with PostScript, in yeah. which is how we print things, PDFs photoshop and illustrator and that's it yeah uh, and i think they actually bought illustrator as well at some point which is why the interface has a completely different paradigm to photoshop
1: yeah
2: and then they bought macromedia fireworks and macromedia fireworks was supposed to be vector-based yeah rather than so it's but i think sketch is probably the biggest mm. inheritor of that but then they bought it and then it was just became abandoned where
1: yeah
2: as always happens with yeah. these buyouts just getting rid of the competition but that was good fireworks back in the day mm, in the i didn't
1: i obviously didn't use it before it was adobe i just remember we were taught it in school and i just thought why would anyone waste their time using this i
0: just didn't i, I used to quite like flash there you go that's how far back i go Used <laughs> to love making flash games but there you go you, apparently you can't even get Flash anymore I've been told no it's the tyranny of the of the keyframe or the timeline yes and your, and your booleans and your yeah used to hate it but uh action script you remember action oh, script oh I remember action there script there you
1: go oh I struggled through that and I'm then when they sure I burned horrific. a few brain cells trying to learn that yeah. I liked it but I couldn't do it without the teacher basically holding my hand I think the whole class felt
0: that way, actually. Well, it was the other thing; wasn't it? they went the other way. So, ActionScript three was, whereas you used to put it onto elements. ActionScript three, you had to name the elements, then give it what you wanted to do. So it was um, interesting. But anyway, Flash is dead; we haven't got to worry about it anymore. Everyone now does it in Java. So, yeah. So that's um, there we go. Yeah. So we'll wrap up our discussion here a little bit about uh, prototyping. So I think you've hopefully found that uh intriguing i know i certainly found it informative like the uh, daria and stephen always teaching me things as i go through uh, uh my day so yeah that? that, that, that. ut ut so we um, thought we'd have a little bit of fun, and uh, so you guys have been probably doing UT for a lot longer than I have. Uh, I've sort of something I've come into since the last couple of years, um, but definitely an experience you guys probably have done a lot more. And uh, one of the things that I find really interesting is when people sort of sit and talk about just some of their experiences of doing it, but also just in general some of the funny things that have happened to them as as they're going along. And I'm pretty sure, like I, I mean, I. I suppose I can only start off with uh, uh, the story I had. So I wasn't so much actually doing uh, the UT, but uh, uh, she came into reception, lovely Scottish lady. So um, she came in and she was oh I'm here to do user testing I'm not going to do an accent I, I felt confident in an accent you were, you were wow, walking I'm almost there
1: almost there you were walking
0: on. towards saying, a speech like, oh, I've come in you here you go to the door and you let you know I've, I've come here to do a user test <laughs> right uh, yeah see terrible I don't do accents and, and it was a woman that clearly sounded like <laughs> <laughs> that clearly sounded like Billy Connolly so it's like so she came in. She said, "Oh, I mean, oh, I'm here to do some market research." And they go, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. So we sort of said, and we sat down in the kitchen. Now, back then, uh, we'd only been in this office about four or five months, so we used to keep. Uh, so we've got this fridge that's where we keep all of our. This is going to sound really first world, but where we keep all of our coconut water, <laughs> our coke, <laughs> our, our fizzy, fear. our fizzy bubbly water. But we also used to keep in this fridge we've got, which is quite public out facing, we used to keep all of our beer. So we used to like, have a like, like craft beer and Beaver Town cans and all of this stuff. And like people would come on training and be like, but I mean, you guys must get on the beer pretty quick. And we'd be like, yeah, no, we don't drink all the time. I'm aware that at that point, all of us probably were drinking a can every day. So she walks in, spots the training lunch, which is laid out for the people on training, she just walks up, helps herself to a sandwich, and then at this point, spots the beer, uh, the Samuel Adams in the fridge. Probably walks over and cracks one open, and it's about half eleven in the morning. And proceeds to sit there, Brilliant. eat about four sandwiches and drink three beers before she has a chance to even come upstairs. And, and she was there for a good hour. Um, so eventually, um, I wasn't sadly I wasn't there to do the test. I was doing something else that day. But I was told she was quite slurry by the time she'd uh, got mm. up to the user test. But it really made us wonder what she did with the 50 quid when she walked out because I can't mm. imagine, but yeah, a drunk user test, personal favourite of mine, just to get us going there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anyone drunk
2: in a session, or if, they, or if they were, they were dealing with it well and hiding, hiding it effectively.
0: It. I suppose that I don't that,
1: like, think I've ever had anyone drunk, but I've had. Yeah, I had someone who who somehow wasn't on the list, but knew about the testing. It was luckily uh, the client had recruited, so we couldn't take the blame for the fact that this person showed up and we didn't have her on the list. And, uh, anyways, it, she was adamant that she had testing, and so we managed to squeeze her in, and she ended up being schizophrenic, and she was just going off the hook about something completely not related to what we were talking about at all. I don't know how she even found out about the testing. Um, and it was just, you know, luckily I was doing note-taking and my partner in crime has uh, was just really good at handling the situation and was able to assess it and help her out the door. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. So, not drunk, but j- I just attract the crazies, I guess.
0: <laughs> you can't... Yeah, that might. Why you say? How would they even have made it on the list? That seems
1: they didn't. That was the thing. So she no. came and she was adamant. She was on the list, and we were like, "Oh, we don't have your name." And she was really lovely. Um, you know, from you know when you first met her, she there was no way of knowing. But she was like, "No, no, I was booked in at a certain time," and we thought it was just a booking error. So we got her in, and then quickly realized that it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> what we were expecting it to be at all.
0: Did she at least like the uh, wireframe?
1: We didn't even get to the wireframe. We oh, We didn't right. even get there. We were just... She wanted advice or something rather about... Around the topic of what the website was about. Anyway, it was just... It was entertaining. Yeah.
0: Did she still get the money?
1: I can't remember if we, if we... I think we did. Because she'd come in, you know. Like, we didn't... Yeah it was handled very well but it was one of those just for the
2: record yeah. like if anyone just turns up at our offices saying we're not going to
0: give you any money yeah <laughs> we have a strict yeah yeah
1: yeah good
0: point That should be funny if someone did just show up and went like yeah I'm here yeah, for yeah. the user testing and we just went you know what you'll do come, yeah, come in sure we've got, nothing, sure. got nothing to yeah, test not even testing anything to pay, testing. Yeah. just come and sit in a room whilst we badger you with questions <laughs>
1: Well, the thing that was weird was she knew who the client was. She knew the time slots, like she had the, you know, because we have odd time slots with time in between to buffer, and she had it. She maybe it was just coincidence, but she had the right time slot. But it was just that somebody else was booked in at that time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she knew the whole setup around market research. Well, she called it like mar- market research. Yeah, it was very odd. It was very odd.
0: All right. How
2: about you? I've not had anyone like that, no. <laughs> no, it's going to uh, be. Might your I've had nasty. some quite combative uh, participants occasionally. Sometimes, generally everyone I speak to in UT is is, is just really nice. And even people who can be quite combative, um, you know, they want to challenge you and they think, uh, you know, it'd be good to test them a little bit and stuff. Um yeah, it's still usually really helpful to have them in, mm. um, but sometimes you come downstairs to pick up the participant. And their arms are folded, uh, and and you sort of say, "Hi, I'm I'm Stephen. Uh, are you are here for the user testing?" Uh, and they look kind of annoyed that you've interrupted them. And you're like, this, you always know at that point this is going to be an interesting session. Yeah, and to try and like draw them out. And,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's always that weird thing. On, you'll never get over it. Like that first time. I can always remember going down to get someone from a, for a UT and you're already pretty nervous because you're like I, I'm blatantly going to go in there and probably say the wrong name even to begin with call myself <laughs> their name so go in and go oh, I'm Stephen sorry no I'm Mark you're Stephen no, that's a great start to proceedings so you go down there and you're like oh, yeah hi I want to come to you and like you say there was, there was arms crossed and looking really fiercely at you like I don't even know why I'm here I just want my 50 quid or I want my 200 pounds or something and you're like yeah, come upstairs, or Like you sit there with them and you're like, so have a look at this uh, website and you sort of go, what do you think? And there's that horrible moment when they're like, well, in crap it? and you're like, do you want to elaborate on why you think it's perhaps not up to scratch? <laughs> yeah, like... exactly,
2: that's, that's why it's so helpful to put on uh, such a persona though, I think, when you're doing UT, there's a moderator's persona that's kind of happy and enthusiastic yeah. and listening and patient None of those things are things that come naturally to me. That <laughs> uh, would be used to describe me. So it's helpful to go into that frame of mind.
0: Yeah,
1: And also exhausting. I think that's partly why it's so exhausting. When you do a full day of it, you yeah. know, it's like, happy Daria! Oh my God, I yeah. just want to be grumpy.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. Like, people like, they don't get it. They're always like, that must be well easy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, I've actually got to sit there and then... And it's often, like, the worst part is if it's your work as well. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be doing it, and you're sat there, and they're just relentlessly slagging it off, and you just have to, like, I'm fighting the urge right now to beat you to death with the mouse that you're currently using. It's all right. You're the only one not to like it out of the ten people, but...
2: Yeah, you always say, like, it's okay, I I didn't design this, or these aren't my designs, or... It, or 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 even you'd like do some sort of word gymnastics of like if the designer if you were to tell the designer the, some feedback on this what would you tell him or her you know even though it's obviously me yeah <laughs> <laughs> Don't that so,
0: yeah. so <laughs> yes. that so that point that they, they're gearing up in their head like get another job probably <laughs> would be uh, the way I would go so but how do I mean how do you deal with the guys that come in like like like, like grumpy because I, I know from like when I do like the, the training courses here you often get people like who are, you can tell kind of like, like, they get after lunch often a bit full and they're like, oh, he's just going to keep talking at me for another few hours. But like, you know, like almost like with the UT, how do you go about dealing with the kind of, like I've only done a few and then well, how, do you, deal, how be do you deal
2: with it in training?
0: Oh, I just don't care. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> just plow on. I just plow on regardless. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here to teach you. <laughs> You're you going to learn. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to learn. Like almost like, you know how it used to be you were like a teacher, like your teacher's used to say, you don't want to learn. I don't want a bloody teacher and all that. And you'd be like, oh, I'll never be that bitter. And then, like, literally, I think the first couple of weeks of training, I was like, you don't want to learn. Just just put your headphones in. I don't care. I'm paid either way. But, no. Like, so what you kind of do is it, a bit like, you know, it's like this, like, so I did this UT, and the, this guy was just literally like, I sort was of like, oh, I, I hate the colour pink. And there was no pink on the website, which was I don't know how we got into this tangent in the first place. So I was saying, like, what did you think of the design? And he went, I hate pink. And I went, what? he went uh hey, pink Now I wasn't sure if he was talking about the pop star at that point or the colour you know, you know she'd, she'd been in the news at that time so I thought maybe she'd done something to upset him and he went no just don't like pink on websites and I'm like well um,
2: people often just I think reference something they hate about all websites yeah because you are at that point an avatar for the whole of the web mm-hmm. design industry <laughs> And so they'll be like, you know what, I really hate about confuse.com, and you'll be like, that's that's interesting, but we're not actually here to use a test confuse.com, this is yeah. a completely different price comparison. <laughs> uh, and then they'll just, but th- th- that's that stuff's usually like really helpful yeah. anyway. So you just draw it out, and
1: I find that either it's either turns into a uh, um, what's it called? It either turns into a venting session about everything on the internet or it's a, I want to show off to you how much I know and how tech savvy I am even though I actually don't know anything and they're trying to prove to you all these little things about how smart they are with with digital and, mm. and, uh, and so it's almost like a one-up game and you just kind of have to go, okay, yeah, that's great and pretend that you're really impressed by everything and and keep them on tangent, because they can go off track so easily down this road, and you've only got your 60 minutes, and you're trying to wrap them back up, and you've got a million other questions you have to get through. Mm. And you're hungry, and you have to pee, and you're really thirsty, and you just want to get out of the room because it's way too hot. Mm. Um, But I guess it just comes down to your ability to, as nicely as you can, be like, that's great. And so, back to this, how do you think xyz and often people will respond to it but you do have you know i've been in the random session where they just you have to almost get blunt and rude and just be like so back to this Mm. that's great Mm. we're not here to talk about that so what do you think about this we're bringing it back to that
2: Yeah, there's ne- there's definitely an element of the just well we're just going to plough on because sometimes you're like okay well that's interesting let's move to another bit now I'm going to show you some concepts and you're thinking in the back of your mind he's going to hate them there's no point I'm not going to get anything useful out of this it's just going to be like horrific uh, <laughs> but you just have to go through the ex- you have to go through your agenda because you will get you will get valuable stuff out and and you do have to do some report building like a lot of people are a bit difficult because they're they're nervous. You, you have to make it known that they can trust you. Yeah. They can trust. Yeah. They that when they say
0: something, you're not going to judge them. Yeah, or laugh at them, or make it's, them look foolish. It's almost like that horrible moment when they turn to you and they go, like, "Is that what you wanted to hear?" I know. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh God, I've made them feel terrible." Like they're like, you know, no matter how many times you say, "It's not you who's under assessment here." Uh, you know so if you're, if you're struggling with the website that's just as useful as if you go through it really quickly um so see again like all that stuff and it's that horrible moment they turn and go is that what you want to hear and at that point you want to go like you'll hold up a bit of paper and just go just because that's crap yeah. <laughs> just because that it's going really well I'm like yeah, just know, just that's really terrible but yeah you do sort of think like oh god maybe i've done something wrong with it you realize like i'd probably be the same after a while like if i was clicking around going I swear I'm getting this wrong. How many times this lovely person next to me is going, it's all right, it's not you who's under assessment. You're like, yeah, I am.
1: Well, when you're getting paid too, you know, it's like, it's the bias. They want, generally, even if they're combative, they want to do you a service. So they're trying to guess what it is you want to hear, which is hard because you can have that situation where they're, you know, the the prototype or the wireframes technically succeeding because the client, because the the participant is saying, Oh yeah, no, I get that. That does make sense. And then you've got happy client on the other side of the wall going, Yeah, everything's great. And you know actually everything's super crap and you're trying to prove that it's gonna fail. But that's when you have to be clever about what you ask next. You know, so if it's about content, you can do things like what well, asking something as simple as what would you do next? What would you do from here? And if their answer is well, I'd have to go home and, like, properly read it. That equals it failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, you yeah. know, you can kind of get those cues and and you have to do a bit of teaching that to the client as well because I've definitely been through UT sessions where they've come out of it thinking everything passed and us uxers came out of it going well that was a clear fail Mm. and there was this you know we hand the report over and the client's like what Mm. why are you suggesting all these changes We're like because it failed and then they'll be like no everybody loved it and we'll be like yeah nobody know knew what to do next and Mm. you know you have to kind of it's like those memes where you know when you're in a relationship and she says this but she actually means this yeah
0: that sort of thing I suppose it's the other the other half of all of this, isn't it? Like you've got the participants equally on kind of the other side of the the glass. Like uh, you've got the clients who also just sort of like they're like, like we we did one once, and it, it's almost that thing of like uh the, the guy sort of sat there using it, and the guy, like, um, guys doing the thing with relatively new, obviously, was sort of perhaps didn't have the confidence to tell the client, Can you be quiet and stop chatting like it's an old boys club in here? Because they were all getting a bit rowdy, and they're all like, Oh god, what bloody idiot, and now how to use the picking wireframe. And it's like, the guy's like, Yeah, so this is kind of quite an important fella for us to listen to because he's not getting it, and uh. This is the first one of the day, so don't immediately label him an idiot. If everyone else, you know, and it's really like difficult. Like, have you guys ever come across that as well? Like, equally, like, uh, uh, one of the things we had people go into fights in our. We had to actually hold them apart because uh, they were arguing so I'm much. Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so wow. we were so, sort of sat the other side, and immediately there was this a bit of tension arose because users weren't quite getting it, and we'd kind of this was like immediate kind of testing. Um, so what happened is this this client had come to us they'd worked with um, another agency and then they were like oh we know people are failing because um, our, our form's too complicated so originally we were just testing the forms and then kind of what happened was we went in, so we did a bit of, I did a bit of work in their analytics and said, we actually, you know when we get people there, they're actually more likely to convert now than they used to, so I don't think it's the form. But one of the things I've also noticed is back on this page, there's a humongous amount of drop-offs, they weren't even gonna test it. And they went, oh, cool and then, this time we can ask them. So of course, naturally, everyone went to the form and went, yeah, no, get why you're asking that, get why you're asking that. And they go, we just wanna show you this other page. And they looked at it and went, I don't even know where I'm supposed to click. Before you know it, like one of them went, told you. To one of the other people in the room, and we were like, all right, interesting bit of backstory. We'll see how this brews as the tests go on. So eventually, they go, right, everyone who comes in, show them that page. In fact, forget the form, form's fine. We start going through it, and by the end, literally, uh, at one point, one of them stood up and took a swing at the other one. So we literally had to sort of grab one and wrestle them down, like, all right, all right, come on, calm down. It's all right. Either way, neither of you were right because both of your designs were rubbish. So, you know.
2: (laughs) I wish all of my clients are that passionate about their website, maybe better channeled
0: I I don't yeah. think it was passionate.: it's better,
1: it's better I mean at least they were there because sometimes you have clients who just don't even show up, they say they're going to, and you know they've, bought, they've theoretically bought into the whole research process, and you know we always mandate that it's, it's an incredibly important foundation to the rest of the work that we do, and oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's great, we'll be there we'll be there, and then they just don't they can't. Make the time to
0: come and. Yeah. It's, it, it is it's a weird one, but like I think they're probably the the, the thing with that particular conference. I don't think it was passion as much as one of you's probably going to lose your job when this report mm. goes out. And uh, if you get into the fight now, it's just those fault it actually is. I mean, and then, mm. like, you know, we kind of like went back, through we all the and we spotted that six months later they still hadn't done anything about it. And we were like, well, that's, so you obviously. That's
2: common too, isn't it? The thing is, until if you haven't done much user testing before, you always like there's things wrong with every website on the Mm. internet. And perfect, there's no, you know, it's the what what is it they say that like, perfect's the opposite of done or something. Yeah, like if they were perfect, though, we all all websites are optimized for something, some sort of user, some sort of scenario, some Mm. sort of business goal. And all you're doing really with design a lot of the time is just like. Choosing whether what to optimize and what to focus on.
0: Yeah, no. It, well, the thing is, every so when if you get somebody goes in and goes like, "Oh, it's
2: terrible!" Like, you know, that's it. I'm I'm on the line. It's like, well, no, because you've brought us into this situation where we're all in the room. We can make it better, and we've identified no. it. And identifying problems is like half the work of fixing them. And if every yeah. website
0: was perfect, we wouldn't have jobs. So. No. <laughs> no, that's true. There it's
1: no perfect though, because you know. It depends on the scenario the situation of what you're designing who you're designing for, what your target is what you're you know you can endlessly change because every business is going to constantly be working towards new goals as well, which means everything's going to have to shift
0: yeah. so yeah yeah no so uh, equally uh, i've 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 experienced both grumpy uh very very grumpy training people who are here for um they're here to do u t and then even grumpier clients who are just not happy. And I guess, you know, like sometimes like some of them feel attacked and equally it's that whole thing of like uh, you know, they, you come out of a room and you go in and you ask you know like I don't know if you've ever had it, you walk in, there's clearly some really thick atmosphere and the other person that you're doing the you do is just looks at you with this kind of big open eyes like
1: yeah
0: um maybe i should come outside and have this discussion with yeah. you because I, I just have to get out of this room really quickly
1: we had one um i think one of the, the difficult things with clients is when they don't fully understand how ut like they understand that ut benefits but they don't understand how the ut works in the sense that If you're trying to test usability issues, you need to go through the same questions with everyone so you can get X amount of responses to the same questions, so you can benchmark, like, three people got it, four people were confused, and two people didn't get it at all, that sort of thing. And so it's especially difficult when you have clients who try and convince you, or they do convince you, that they totally are on board, they understand UX, they may even have a UX title at their job, and then you come into UT and you quickly realize that they don't actually understand how the process of UT works in order for it to be beneficial, and they start derailing the whole thing on the fly, <laughs> which we've, I mean, I've experienced that.
2: What would be an example of derailing?
1: Um, so we, we had one where, uh, and it was the exact, that exact situation where both m- myself and the other UXer was just, like, to the brim, frustrated by the end of the day and needing to take moments away from the heated uh, client room. So one uh, one client was just very, basically changed the scope part way through. So it went from a usability test of a checkout funnel to be a research and discovery on e- like e-commerce findability, in a way, yeah. more social media, that sort of thing. Because one participant that came in quite early on, who was really helpful to us, showed us their process of doing something in in kind of marketing and, and retail, which then gave this client this whole other idea who then asked us to completely change our discovery our discussion guide and meant and then every single participant that came in after that, our client was changing again and again and again, so we mm-hmm. never asked the same participant or she wanted us to to, to never really ask the same participant. The same questions, which meant we had one response for a million different topics, which made analysis incredibly difficult and they were they were just a very challenging client to try and um, control basically to keep in check so I think that's that 's a challenge of the job as well when you have clients who claim that they are educated and understand the process and then actually mm-hmm. maybe they do, but it's in a completely different way
0: than how we run it. So I think as well sometimes it's probably like that frustration, like because I'm sure they'd love to do things like that more. Because it's like like something like, like Trenton always says it's like, well everything we do every day, we like we, we, we've got to that point sometimes when we're about yeah, it's nice, we do use this thing. And, and then like say like someone comes in from an outside brand, they're like, oh, my God, I haven't done this for so long. Oh, oh. Oh, the smell of the post-it note glue as I'm putting all of these notes up and you're like, yeah, because you say we come to sort of do it every day. So it's that weird thing of like, say it's nice when you get a client that's at least a lot more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say broadly, like pretty much nearly
2: everyone, once you sat in a UT session, you see the value of it. They get it. You, yeah. you get it. The, the, the problem is you sometimes want to like, they see what, what something happened once. Um, in a UT session somebody will like struggle to use the drop down in the top right or something for the you know login or something and then they'll be like okay that's broken that's it and then they'll start solutionizing. well we should do this maybe we should do that and it's like well hang on let's see what happens because we're going to have a whole huge backlog of problems to fix mm. at the end of this <laughs> and that might not be very high on the list and if one person struggled with it then that's probably fine you yeah. know yeah. at the end of the day you've got to prioritise
1: yeah yeah, and I guess too, you know, if they are new to UT, uh, it, you know, appreciate that it's, it is a budget that they had to potentially fight for, mm. and then you know they want to get the most of it out of it as possible, and so, in that particular instant with my UT session, the, our client might have thought that by changing it every time they could get the most out of it, but actually. It was derailing the whole purpose behind it. Mm. So, again, it's just about, you know, setting up expectations and taking our clients through that process. We can all learn something from that. We, we definitely did. Anyways, I certainly did. What not to do and how, how to do your job better as not just as a consultant, but as a client manager, a client relationship.
0: Cool. Okay, well... Realising we've been bumbling uh, on for a while now. Uh, really good stuff, so Well, like I say keeping with the uh, U.S. presidential theme that we uh, kick the whole thing off with, like I say you you could you might not be able to hear this because the world may have ended. President elect Trump's in, or president mean, either one might end the world, to be quite honest. So we kind of thought we'd put a little bit of a spin on it. Um, uh, so what we're kind of uh, doing is is we're looking at the two different campaign websites. Uh, ultimately, ooh, at, at this. Present moment, apparently. Like just refreshing all the polls. Just refreshing all me. the polls. One poll: Hillary seventy-one point four, Trump twenty-eight point six. It's an odd one, isn't it? It's a very odd. Anyway, before we sort of go along from it, so what we thought we'd do is we'd uh, uh, kind of um, we you know we webcredible because we don't have to vote. Um, thought we would talk a little bit about kind of who provides the best user experience and that would be who we'd vote for which could be what a lot of Americans are out there doing at the moment so uh, who should we start with
1: well we've got Trump here so let's look at Trump let's this is DonaldJTrump.com
0: J. Donald J. who's the J? Junior oh, I'd, I'd, I don't like, know I would have thought he might have gone Jesus maybe
2: we can see if, maybe that's a good like task, see if we can find out what the J is <laughs> that's
0: a good point he, well, he's not elaborated there. So, what's the J in Trump? I suppose actually maybe like one of the things
1: his his type is just changing everywhere. This now this Sans Serif bit mm. looks That's more Montserrat like again. Yeah. That's Yeah, and a, then this is
2: some, some sort of this is some
1: cheap Dido.
0: So we're yeah. on the we're on the about page. It's going to be like Bodoni or something. That is like an awful old standard, standard
1: TT Serif. It's not god. Yeah, good but good for web.
0: But then having said that, if you had to describe Trump, old standard would probably be words that would come to...
1: But it doesn't even say traditional set in our ways. It just looks like it's vibrating on the screen. It's really hard to read.
0: It is odd. So that's a good point. Okay, so maybe... uh, All right, how do we go about finding out the man's policies? Where, Where do we go... Important for us. So he's got
2: positions, which I'm, I assume means political rather than... It, well, given what else he's sexual. in the paper for at the moment. I think we've all heard about his sexual positions. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm noticing the grab's not there. So clearly this must be his... Uh, so uh, cyber security... I wonder mean, if he wrote, like,
1: how, If he wrote all this, who wrote all this? And with the fact that he's changed his... His stance so many times. How are they able to create something concrete that he doesn't?
0: Oh, that's, yeah. What's well, quite interesting. Did you read the first line? Yeah. So you'd think, right? I want to read this man's position, and then the first line in it is to view Mr. Trump's position. Visit a completely separate website. So why is it not? Oh. Oh,
1: it's a PDF.
0: Oh come oh, on, Trump. It's got a PDF. Dear me.
2: Yeah, well, Assets.DonaldDatron. It. A back, back of the envelope, isn't it? And it's
0: in, like, this has been written in Word.
1: Looks just like
0: it's in... It must be harder to change a PDF, though.
2: It's weird, because it seems to be competing with the page it's on. Yeah. Because there's a whole page of content here, of, like, copy. And then at the top it says, visit another page. Which is, like,
0: competition. Okay, Okay. All right, so to how do we, Hillary. so how to Hillary, how do we, oh, so she's gone for issues rather than, so where do we go to hear her thing? So she's gone issues rather than positions. She's
2: got a well, I think nice, clean
1: layout, easy to find.
2: She does. I've never had a website, I've never had a client who didn't want a website that was clean. No. They always say clean. But it's whether clean. they
1: can Indeed. actually achieve it or not.
0: Mind you, I find this thing of odd boxes on the issues page, like. I don't know. It drives like I'm not. I'm not OCD. am not at all. But you know when you see different sized boxes, part of your brain is just going, what? Why? What? What? I just well, want to line gone, all these things she's up. She's
1: gone for the Pinterest. But the thing is, is that the top three, starting from the left, are all the same height. So it makes it look like it's not the Pinterest style until you start to scroll down this and then you realize
2: masonry layout, isn't it? Yeah. You're right, yeah. You
0: start to think there's a consistent grid, and then... No, no, there's not. And
1: then it looks broken until you scroll down, and then
0: you realise... But, like, it almost makes you... Like, I mean, part of me almost thinks that the one thing I have with that is, does she think those things are more important because mm-hmm. they're taking up more space?
2: She's got quite a different, like, information hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So you go to Trump's thing. Yeah. He's got positions, and then he's got... One, two, three... He's got, like, 12 areas or something.
0: In alphabetical Which are order like
2: childcare, well. economy, education, energy. Well there's no inherent hierarchy
0: to those things. Well so I mean like so they're just in alphabetical order. Like part of me would be like so obviously like his big thing has been like let's build this wall to keep Canada out. i'm uh, yeah, um, sorry, Mexico but... <laughs> and Canada. Apparently he's going either, both ways. Oh But um like so you would have thought like I'd, I'd want to make like uh, you know, if I was a campaigner, my my thing would be right. So I've I've done my stall on immigration and the economy; those are my two big things. So you'd almost want to make those. It's almost like, oh, uh, I want to contact with the American voter, which you know we hear he does by a certain organ and childcare, which like I I haven't heard him talking about either one of those mm-hmm. in the news. And it's just sort of, I mean, when you go on to Hillary's, Hillary's, is, is is well, all right, or you've caught. So she's got this, so if you click on to all, so she's got this weird tab system. There you go, fair tax. Yeah. It's just like a portfolio site, isn't
1: it? Yeah. that's <laughs> <Really? laughs> true, yeah. This layout is, yeah. is,
2: you know. So she's got much bittier, so she's broken it down to issues, and then each, the granularity is, so he's got, he's got like 12 pages or something, approximately, I didn't actually count. And then each page is quite long and itself has loads of bullets. And she's basically broken it up into, like, the bullets Mm -mm. as a lead that then takes you to a page Mm. with more content.
1: It's very nice. hers is easier to find.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like a browsing news. You can pick and choose the bits of content that you're interested in. Yeah. And it makes her look like she's way more on top of
0: many
1: more... Even though he's got that mega drop-down. Yeah. It's just very kind of... His is clunky and... I need to say something about education. Here it is. Yeah,
2: yeah. his is a lot more traditional. Yeah. Has... Plays around a lot more... Uh, Maybe
1: because he doesn't model. come from a political background. There is need to... Position... To validate himself... As a... Politician. Therefore, there were checkboxes they need to, needed to cover... Whereas because Hillary doesn't need to validate herself, she could make freedom, she could take more liberty with mm. how she displays her content. I don't know. I also, I know also I noticed, know, it's, uh
0: Trump doesn't translate his uh, site into Spanish. Unlike Hillary. Yeah. Hillary uh, en Espanol, but yeah. not, uh, not Trump. So, I don't know, that, that probably is quite on brand, so...
1: They both have the big red contribute or donate button in the top right, though yeah. Hillary's is much smaller.
0: Interesting choice of words, though. One gone for donate, one's gone for contribute. contribute. Which sounds... something. I guess
2: that's got volunteering and everything baked into it mm. as a call to action. It's more generalised, isn't it? I oh, you know, wow. What's... Oh, no, it's... Oh,
0: my God, he looks like he's about to cry.
2: He I actually do, looks
0: like he's about to cry. I do like the fact that he's gone for the one hundred and fifty dollars as the highlighted one. That's uh, <laughs> that's quite a smart move. He's he's left all the others blank. Let's see what let's see what the see what, uh, default amount is. Oh, all the amounts there.
2: No, there's oh. no default. You have there's to no pick default. an amount, Donald. Donald's it's gone straight for one hundred and fifty dollars Cheeky. She's gone amount? Let's go for two hundred, and then you basically get the same. What's the same, I think. Yeah. it's have yeah. they both just bought Stripe. Squarespace? Do you reckon? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> They've both just
0: like off the. No,
2: shelf. well, there is an off-the-shelf platform that
0: pretty oh. much everyone uses these days. Mm-hmm. Off-the-shelf political, political platform because that is basically the same page, isn't it?
1: That is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Good both their donate well, their and donate pages. That are, yeah, I mean, his looks like obviously he's got Trump on it and then hers is they've just styled
1: it differently yeah at least yeah well, I just I just don't know yeah tomorrow morning we will see that's true the state of the rest of the world
0: that's very odd so well I would say that like based on the UX Hillary wins for me I, so I'd, I'd, I feel I mean I'd say
2: the, the standard UX get out clause of like without knowing the user needs and the business goals. Well, I guess I know it's business goals. He wants to win the election. Yeah. yeah. But without doing any research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, just... How the people he's appealing to, you know, what, what they need to be convinced of that. It would be hard to say. But
1: I mean, if this was a user test and you had to give your opinion, because you don't want to speculate yeah. what anybody else could do. So if you are the audience...
0: You are an American voter, Stephen. Yeah.
2: His website just looks amateur in mid- middle of the road. And just, it doesn't do a single thing that hasn't been done before. Like, it's not trying to do anything new. It's inherently non- not progressive, is it? Yeah. Much like Donald Trump. Um. And it, it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Hillary's feels more fresh.
0: So, uh... Yeah. Three
1: for Hillary then?
0: Three for Hillary. I'll go with Hillary. Yeah. Go with Hillary. Yeah. I think, as I said, it makes out
2: for obvious. But is there a confirmation bias? Yeah. I'm happy with I mean, hers is typography yeah. lead, which I really yeah, like. Yeah. Front, front and centre and the letter. The, the What's she used here? The sizing for is just right.
0: Um, That is a good that question. Sharp, Sharp unity. unity. Mm. Oh. That sounds like a terrible, creepy band. Custom. <laughs>
2: Ooh, really? Ah, she built her own. So she's even had her own type commission. Oh.
0: Wow. the story, New Adventures. It's quite nice. So it's based it's on based sharp sense. Who did it?
1: Oh. Who did
2: they hire?
1: Uh,
2: village. No, but that's just uh oh, foundries. Going on a search now through this
0: film.
2: What's oh you? they did post
0: grotesque.
1: Oh and Freya. Freya.
0: Oh.
1: Okay.
0: So three for Hillary then. And we Yeah, play. no, lovely oh, wow. fun.
2: Like and generally nice typography and a readable sign, it's very attractive. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's interesting.
1: She, going through her timeline, sort of validating who she is and how she stands in a political realm. Oh, there's Bill. Versus... So she's had to validate herself as well, whereas if my theory is, my hypothesis is correct, then Trump's trying to validate himself by... Checkboxing all the types of mm-hmm. um, uh, topics he should be taking a position
0: on. Well, sort of, Hillary's always going to have the surname, isn't she?
2: Yeah.
0: I'd love to see the traffic.
2: I wonder who actually gets more. You I wonder how much the try, website, where try the try
0: website, website plays a role. Try SimilarWeb. Go to, go to similar web. Maybe well, we can leave similar it. the so, similar web uh, will give you a kind of yeah that's it click their advertising make them pay for it exactly even though we're not already going to use it so yeah whack, whack the website you want in there uh, I'm now lost there she is Hillary Clinton Hillary Rodham Clinton
1: so we could find out her middle name easily no I just knew that oh but don't partly don't... because
0: I can always remember when people used to say it alright here we go so she's the three thousandth most visited site on earth and Donald J Trump which sounds a bit like makes him sound even more homer simpson does it make him sound like homer simpson oh, wow. ooh not 8, much between him
1: 700
0: ooh ooh hillary there, just just trump just just, just trumping trump <laughs>
1: by by, a, by 100 or so
0: by 100 or so 100 she had a big dip in the summer it's true but again, so 82% of her traffic's from the from the States, apparently. Which I know sounds daft, but I, I wonder if Trump comes... 84... More Canadians. More Canadians are worried <laughs> more, about Trump. More
2: Canadians are <laughs> <laughs> worried about Trump. not much in it, really, is there? There's not. That's, that's Wait till they get this. Yeah, that's pretty, like... What's their methodology? No, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that.
0: I'm pretty sure Estimated they, data. Yeah.
1: Give or take, yeah, what's the give or take?
0: Yeah, oh, we've just had a... Give or
1: take 99%. Yeah,
0: we've literally just had a blind guess. I don't know, they are never normally far wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in the sort of times we've been working with them. But, yeah, so there you Interesting. go. So, according to we that... We will
1: see in less than 24 hours. Less than
0: 24 hours, we well, will know.
1: Less than 12 hours.
0: Oh, God, yeah. We should
2: know in the middle of the night like whether the key states... Are... But it's true. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not going to stay up, Whether Hi- Hillary's
2: firewall was maintained. I stayed up for a few of the others. I stayed up for Bush-Kerry. That was disappointing. Uh, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd rather have Bush than... Uh, <laughs> Bush <laughs> seems like a, a modicum of yeah uh, decency and what thoughtfulness, we do? competence. Well... I'm... At least he's a nice guy, like... <laughs> I mean, you know you'd go for a beer
0: with him well no because he's a reformed alcoholic so i think the last well, thing he would go, is for, go a for a beer I and mean, well, he yeah, sit there and watch me sit there and watch you <laughs> drink he could drink <laughs> a coat and with, and, life, with anyway. and with those <laughs> words that george bush would be better than donald trump we will uh, we will leave you so thank you very much for listening uh, again yeah as i say this is our, our first one but it'd be great to get any questions you guys have uh, and send them to hello at webcredible.com. dot we And say, uh, next time we can ask. A
1: subject them. in there?
0: No, the no. Podcast um, so that
1: we can filter through.
0: Yeah, make probably sensible. Yeah, web. Yeah, it's a very good idea. There you go. Improving on the fly, even yeah. prototyping as we go along. Yeah. So yeah, uh, make the make the subject line podcast question, and we will. Uh, Uh, happily answer them next week obviously we won't get to all of them if you send us a lot but if there's a general theme that's coming out uh, we can go along from there but yeah so goodbye from me so I've I've been Mark I've been Stephen I still am Stephen
1: still am Daria
0: and I might be Daria next week who knows who knows (laughs) see you later guys thank you all ciao